0: Hi, welcome to this week's episode of Fighting Words. It's been a little while since I've dropped an episode, but I'm glad to get back into this. Today, I have special guest. Mark Moyer, how you doing, Mark? Well, how you doing? Great, man. So Mark is, most of you in the audience know, but uh, some don't. Mark is the Executive Director at Youth for Christ right here in Cedar Rapids, and um, I'm not going to get into tons of history in terms of what's going on with Redeemer and Youth for Christ. I'm just going to go very briefly over that and assume that most of you know, but long story short over the course of this past year god has moved in a couple of ways to provide uh you know opportunity for a facility for redeemer since we've been mobile for seven years in cedar rapids but also for partnership and mission with youth for christ and want to continue to seek the lord in that and foster that relationship and so i wanted to bring mark in so that we could hear a little bit about who he is and what he's doing his story uh youth for christ and what god is doing there is just so we can continue to See, well, what does that mean for Redeemer and how can we, you know, how, how can we complement that and how can we pray toward that and pray for you guys and and just get a better vision of what the future might look like for us in partnership? So, thank you Mark for yeah. doing this and um how long have you been with Youth for Christ here in Cedar Rapids? Yeah, 10 years. And All right.
1: Funny story, 10th year was on the day that Jericho hit.
0: Oh yeah, that was Sorry. a that was God's anniversary gift to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A couple board members have been dogging me a little bit about that. So <laughs> well, he didn't blow you out of town. He didn't blow me out of town. You stayed. Yep, stayed strong. Um, yeah. So I've been here eleven years. So about the same. Yeah. Now, so we'll get to the present and what what guys are doing. Let's 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 get to know Mark a little bit. So I, I'm going to ask you questions, some of which I know the answers to because you know we've talked, but just kind of background like where where you come from you got a little bit of an accent there people are going to pick up on and kind of you know how did you where did you grow up what was your general you know story and how did you come to know jesus yeah um well thanks for having me yeah uh so i was actually
1: even though i have a a slight southern accent from being raised in north carolina i was actually born in michigan and my story is my folks divorced when i was five and the um, man that my mother ended up remarrying actually molested my sisters and I when we were young. Oh gosh. So um, I grew up a really angry guy wow. in high school. And so I dropped out in ninth grade, was a full drug addict and living out of my truck. And I actually- Dropped out in ninth grade, as I you said? Yeah, dropped out of school in the ninth grade. This um, is in North Carolina this, now? This was in North Carolina, oh. yeah. So we had, my folks had split and I ended up moving with my father. And, um, after everything had happened, sure. And so he got transferred
0: to North Carolina and yeah, just really angry kid. So you and moved with your blood father. I did Okay, my blood father. Once yep. all that mayhem ended and you were kind of taken out of there. Yep. All right. And so just, you know, angry guy, right? Like, um,
1: really had a chip on my shoulder and I did a lot of drugs, uh, and got kicked out of school and cause of my attitude, I lived out of my pickup truck, um, And uh, crazy story, I actually ran into an army recruiter, and he asked me where I thought I would be in five years, and I told him dead. Mm. And I'm not sure if that guy was a believer or not, but um, he came alongside me and ended up getting my GED, and I went into the service for four years. What do you mean he came alongside you? Yeah, he came alongside me, and just he like I think my story like uh, compelled him to compassion. And he said he had a rough background, and he felt like the Army could rebuild me into a different person.
0: Now, at that point, you were how old? I was 17. So primed and ready for the Army. Yep. Okay. So I went in on a delayed entry program and
1: um, ended up going in when I was 18. And um, during that period of time in high school, even though I was dropped out, I met my—who is now my wife, Pam, Mm. whose parents were strong believers— that's where I feel like God started to intertwine his story into my life, okay, and so um split up with Pam because of the drugs she broke up with me and went into the service. we were apart for about two years. She reached out to me um, when I was in uh, airborne school, and we reconnected and when I seen her, it was just like nothing had changed mm. other than the fact I had God had grown me up yeah um, and uh had started to Really heal me from a lot of the wounds that I had.
0: And so. All right. I'm going to ask follow-ups, and but I'll, I'll keep us on track here. Sure. So how old are you? I am 47. No, we're like the same age. Yeah, I'll be 47 this year. So, <laughs> all right. So you went in, into the Army around 1993, 94. Yep. So did, did you serve overseas or? Never had to. No. Okay. Mm-mm. All right. All, all of my time was in Fort Bragg. North but Carolina. you uh, jumped out of planes? I did. Wow. What was yeah. that like? Uh, it was a little nerve wracking, yeah. man. Do <laughs> you get used to it and it just becomes like, Oh, another jump. Or is it always a little, it's always a little nerve wracking. Yeah. Cause man, you the shoot better open. You shoot better open. Right. Wow. Yep. So,
1: um, yeah, that's probably one of the, I wouldn't say it's the, at the time that was probably the bravest thing I did. Um, but yeah, um, I, I feel like surrendering to ministry was even more of a, a risk. Yeah. So, no yeah. No parachute.
0: No parachute. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, okay so now you 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 reunited with pam after post army is that what you're saying
1: yeah well i was still in
0: the army I was still in there okay
1: i was i went to my what they call so i went through basic and airborne school and then i went to what they call your um basically where you're going to be stationed for the remainder of your time and where where i was at was only three hours away from where she was and so we reconnected and um the love was still there it it never really left for me um, I don't know about her but sure I just know when we seen each other
0: that was there was something still there sure. so so how did did you just kind of quit the drugs because you were gonna go into the army like straighten up your life type thing yeah had to uh, um they told me when I I basically um, I basically pissed
1: hot when I was uh, applying to go in and they were like if you want to be here and you get your life straight mm. you have to come back I had to test three more times and so I would I just knew I felt I really believed what I told that recruiter that I'd be dead if I didn't do something. Mm-hmm. And so that was enough to scare me to want to try to better my life. Yeah. So, all
0: right. So now you're in the army and, uh, uh, you know, kind of reunited with the old love and, you know, and take, take me on from there. Yeah. So, um, we ended up getting married and, um, we lived
1: in uh, Fort Bragg, lived in a trailer and I was gone a lot because they were, um, they would like send me all over the place for like fake missions and all that kind of stuff. And at, you know, at the time, neither one of us, even though Pam was raised in a Christian home, neither one of us were Christians and really jealous of each other fought a lot. You know, there was a lot of tension in our marriage. And then I ETS out of the service and found out, we found out Pam was pregnant with our son, Trevor. We moved back to Statesville, North Carolina and lived with their parents for about three months until we got on our feet. And um, I ended. Up, I was working in a, a factory mill where I printed bedspreads seven days a week, and worked third shift. It was really hard mm. to live with our parents, you know. Mm. And again, we weren't believers too, so yeah. a lot of jealousy plus a lot of hurt from my past. The company I was working for was about to go belly up, and I applied for a job in Virginia printing flags. Just it, same kind of work, just different, sure, uh, different company and they moved us up there and there's a guy that I worked with named Tim Clark. And I remember Tim because from the first day I started at that job, every time I seen him, he told me about Jesus every day. Mm. He told me that I needed Jesus. That's what I needed in my life. And he told me like seriously, Donovan every day he would mention Christ to me that I needed Christ. And after he would invite me to church, invite me to church after being there eight months and, giving him every lie I could, I finally ran out of lies. And so I said, yeah, I'll go. And Pam and I went to church that day. And what I had no idea that was going to happen is, um, when the, when the pastor was preaching, I felt like he was talking right to me and I was just, I was
0: fighting just everything in me was fighting. And now had you grown up, you weren't in a, from a Christian family, obviously, mm-hmm. but did you have? Did you ever go to church as a kid? Like, was it? There... i had went one time with my mom, um, but just
1: okay. not a lot of interest, you know. Sure. Yeah. And uh, here's what I even telling you today. What I remember so vivid, like my mom, my my wife is a, she's like full mom, right? Like really nervous about, and this is what I mean, like really nervous about anybody watching her kids. You know, she's just like, sure, she'd be like mother hen your kids too, right? She just she's yeah. all mom. Well, when the pastor gave an altar call, she laid our son down on the pew and took off. Mm. I'd never seen her do that before. Mm. And it freaked me out a little bit. And there was a couple sitting behind us that reached down and picked Trevor up because he was an infant. And I just I could visually see her shaking at the pew, like or at the pulpit, mm-hmm. you know what I'm sorry? Like she was down at the altar, actually. She was just shaking, and um, when we got home that day, I was living with someone I didn't know. I mean, it was, it was incredible Hmm. what God had done in her life. And so all these little petty things that we would fight about for like two weeks, no fight back, no kickback, just, she would pray for me and encourage me. And it was weird. And, uh, two weeks after, um, it was about two weeks after she became a Christian, I was at home and I just felt that deep conviction and I surrendered my life to Christ. And I just, you know, I, I had done so much stuff, my get up was, I didn't feel like God could forgive me. I just felt like I was unredeemable. And I just remember that day having a peace and surrendering, and honestly, Donovan, it's like he put us into overdrive because six months later, we ended up moving to North Carolina, and um, we really started getting plugged in with our church. And our Sunday school teacher, his name was Tommy Farmer, that man paid i felt the call of god in my life to be in the ministry and that man paid for me to go to college he paid paid for everything and so um it was just it was insane just kind of like the
0: fast track right and the healing yeah and um i think that happens well i don't know how often it happens but i, I would say i relate to that in a sense because i didn't get saved till i was 26 and Really didn't have a lot going for me, and then all of a sudden, when like healing came, it was like there was a acceleration of, you know, getting it together and and growing in the Lord and yeah yeah it's kind of like time's been wasting you know what I mean it's like let's make up for lost time yeah when I you know um, when I surrendered to the call of ministry to go
1: get an education. I was afraid because I could hardly read, you know, in ninth grade, but I could hardly read. I didn't know math, a lick. And I remember those that that God had put around me were like, you know, what are you afraid of? And I was like, well, I'm afraid to read in front of someone. Hmm. I was ashamed, right? I was afraid that I would get made fun of or, and I just remember doing a lot of praying and a lot of people praying for me. And um, I, when I, the day that I surrendered was the day before 9-11. I remember waking up to that the next day, right? And the reason why I bring that piece into the story is because I ended up going to two years to a preaching college and then and then I graduated from there and went to Liberty. When I was when I was at Liberty, I was working for a company that did Walmart Portrait Studios on third shift. And then I was pastoring a small church, like thirty members, a Baptist church. Then I worked for a um a uh, exterminator. So I worked all the time. Yeah. And when Walmart went, when the studio went belly up and Sears came in to buy them out, I just told Pam, I was like, I'm never seeing you guys. I'm just, I'm tired of working three jobs. And if I can't, if if I'm not, if it's just not in the Lord's plan for us right now for me to have a church, I just want to get a job where I can support our family. And um, I applied for Adidas actually was here in Cedar Rapids. And that's where my story started to where, how God brought us to Iowa. I applied for this job, they brought me up and actually offered me a job on the spot. And the first person I met here was a board member with Youth for Christ. Hmm. That's how Youth for Christ intersected, right? And so Donovan, I worked for four years for, um, for Adidas and so cool looking back in that, in those four years, we saved 40 grand, paid off all our debt, and then I surrendered to go back into ministry with YFC and when I left Adidas to do YFC I made 600 bucks a month hmm. and our two staff that were with me they made 600 bucks a month and I just remember I just needed I was going to trust God to figure it out yeah and I remember what helped me feel so confident too was the peace that my wife had she's a really good gauge at you know it's amazing how god will speak through her too and the fact that she had so much peace i just felt confident and three months after i had started working and we were just really trying to get the the chapter going we got a call from an attorney and he said this gal had left an estate to you guys and he said it's it's gonna change your organization. He said it's it's two hundred and forty thousand dollars. Wow. When we got the the reason why I mentioned that date to you about September tenth is when we got the um paperwork from them, the lady actually signed that will over on September tenth, two thousand two thousand one. And so I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And God's sovereignty that he yeah. already had a plan. Yeah, yeah. And so here I am and um I think the part where our stories connect is just the, uh, you know, when I met Bart, I was three months in, so right before we got that that check, I said, "What do you think kids need to like bring them? Obviously, kids need Jesus, but what do you think is would be a good pull for them other than you know giving them stuff?" And Bart said, "I think he said this community's never had a gym, right? Like for the Christian community, you know." and when we when we bought that building i remember standing outside and i was like wouldn't it be really awesome if god you know god raised up a gym and then two weeks later you guys called. i I just have to say that because it's so
0: cool to see god's hand right yeah so hey let me uh, we're gonna keep moving forward but i want to go back to something sure uh this who was the guy that was telling you about jesus every day tim clark tim clark um yeah, I'd like to get some thoughts on that because I think, you know, a lot of people are, a lot of Christians are hesitant to bring up Jesus. They think they don't want to be weird. They want to be rejected. This guy's on the other end of the spectrum, like constantly talking about him, right? Like, um, why didn't that push you away?
1: Yeah, um, that's a great question. Um, I don't know how to explain this, but just to say it is I really felt like Tim loved me, you know, like he had a genuine love for people and that was attractive to me, right? Like he wasn't weird. He just, it's, it wasn't just me, anybody. He got an opportunity. He was going to talk about Christ and he was always happy. And we, I mean, we, we had a, we worked for a guy that was really challenging to work for. And honestly, Donovan, I think I saw him get upset like one time. You know and so that steady consistent you know and when he would he would listen to like when i was if i was having problems with pam or we were having issues whatever he would always listen and he would say you know jesus can help you with that he would always tell me that you know mm. and i remember sometimes i'd swear at him and stuff but and yeah. he'd laugh and he would just he would say i know why you're doing that you just need jesus <laughs> but he that was compelling to me um he never let off he was his resolve was incredible but he um But I didn't feel like, even though he told me all the time, I didn't feel like he was cramming it down my throat.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he was offering it. He wasn't arguing with you, Mm -hmm. he was loving you and then inviting you to Jesus. Yeah. So he was really being bold with both things. He was being bold with the gospel and bold with love. Like, so yeah, if we're not doing that and all we're doing is trying to trap people or drop a Jesus bomb once, you know, outside of real interest in someone, then yeah, it couldn't be a real turnoff. So his, his love for you was compelling. Yeah. And I would also probably just add, you know, the spirit was drawing, it was sure. preparing you, and you know, some people will reject you, and yep. you know, but some won't. Yep. You know, what you? Another thing you said earlier was that uh, going, you know, surrendering the ministry was, you know, scarier than jumping out of the airplane. Like, yeah. I mean, financially or what? Like, what were the fears? Fear of finances and fear of failure. Yeah. Like. It was,
1: it was just the thought of rightly dividing the word of truth and what that means hmm. scared me. Hmm. And was I, I in the piece that I kept missing is I, I got, I got hung up on me. Right. Like not God's strength, but mine. Right. And it took God really transforming my mind. that it wasn't about me. God could use anyone. Right. Mm-hmm. But I just, because I was told as a kid, I'd never be anything, you know? It's amazing how your earthly father can shape how you see God, you know, until the the Spirit of God like heals that and transforms that. And so, I didn't know how I was gonna. I was like, and again, it came back to me, right? My my own fears. How am I gonna do this? And 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 what if I led someone astray? And it just it wasn't about me. It's about God. But it's still it's still scary.
0: Yeah. So now you so you made that move ten years ago, serving with Youth for Christ, like. For those that don't know, like what does Youth for Christ do? I mean, they reach youth for Christ, right? But yeah, more specifically, even just locally here, like what does ministry look like? And this year has been different. Maybe we can get into that a little bit because of the pandemic. But how's God reach kids in Cedar Rapids and this or the eastern Iowa? You know, yeah. through Youth for Christ.
1: Yeah, we so YFC. I, I really feel like our our uniqueness is the fact that. We are. We go to where kids are in schools and hangouts, wherever you find kids. We go to where they're at and we uh, start relationships, friendships with them. Right? We meet them where they're at and develop these um, Christ-sharing relationships. And we get to know their story. We disclose our story, and ultimately, we help them discover God's story. Right? And what that you know what that looks like is um, we go into schools, and although You're not allowed to like talk about the gospel during school hours. You are able to talk about the gospel after hours or before hours. And so what we do is we go into schools, we serve schools. and What I mean like that is we we volunteer at lunches or we pack letters that they're gonna go out to parents, right? Or we help at ball games and we develop relationships with the school. And through those relationships, we ask for space and the school, if if you're consistent and serve them we really haven't had a school that hasn't allowed that. Right. Cause they mm-hmm. need help. So we start clubs and in those clubs, we always have a theme that we go through with kids and in those themes, it's bringing kids back to Christ and who mm-hmm. he is. And so
0: that's in a nutshell, right? That's what we do. Yeah. So, and, and how is, I mean, it may be obvious, but how how is 2020 really made that a challenge? It's It's been hard because
1: honestly it's, it's been hard, but God's really taught us stuff too. That I feel like everything really hinged on, you know, going to kids, incarnating, being with them. Right then, when that was taken away because we can't get into school, the schools right now because they won't let us in, it forced us to rethink. Right, like, what's the, what about the next pandemic, whatever. Right, whatever, whatever comes the way, how are we like seeking the kingdom and and being, um, you know, cutting edge? How are we going to do this? Right. And so God, through that, the building that God's given us, um, yeah. it's, it's not about that, but it's now about a place that we can draw kids and which we, we, um, we're gonna launch a ministry called Around the Table where we feed kids to connect with them and plant uh, Christ followers around that table, get to know their stories. And um, I I just I just have to tell you, like seeking his kingdom about this. we The Doricho hit, there was a, a man that came in came to one see the story event and last week he mailed us a $25,000 check to pay for that person to have
0: that spot. So it's hard not to be excited to, yeah. you know. Yeah, so you've kind of been relying on a certain ministry model and yep. And now, I mean a lot of a lot of people globally around, you know, the church have had to figure this out, you know, like we're shut down, things don't have access, how do we reach people and and so yeah, you're having to rethink that, which is good. And man, I really see God's provision for that with that facility as well. Like mm-hmm. perfect timing um, mm-hmm. for that and and for the future as well. Um, so around the table, that's that's something you guys are working on. Yep. Um, what are other other ways currently you guys have are engaging?
1: Yes. Yeah, for- so the relationships we have with the kids in our clubs, we do do campus life. Um, at our building. We just, we do them in multiple small groups because of like numbers with COVID and stuff. And then we do small groups. And so campus life is really about discovering stories. Small groups is where we get, we get deeper in who God is and um, who he is. Once, once a student, once, you know, God draws a student to himself, we want to, we want to be in partner and connect them with the body, you know? So it's, kind of like to say we're kind of front lines and once once that piece is over it's it's that in my mind that beautiful picture of the body of passing off right for the church to do it it's really good at and that's 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 growing them to become a lifelong follower of jesus
0: yeah so yeah well we're excited to see god work in that way um do you feel like you're in the the right role, like, you probably imagined when you were going to Bible school, being a pastor at a church, hmm. right? Preacher, because that's kind of the standard, right? That's what people imagine. Am I right? That's kind of yeah. what you pictured? Yeah. And that's not what you're doing. Mm-mm. Um, yeah, you feel good about that? I do. I, I feel like YFC is a good fit for me. Um,
1: I, I have a heart. I don't know, like, even sitting here today talking about Timmy, um interesting the fruit in his life how it impacted mine you know years ago I I love to evangelize and see the kingdom expand and grow in that way and yeah so I just feel like it's a better I feel like it's a better fit for just the way that God wired
0: me yeah you know yeah you don't want to be a pastor at a church (laughs) not saying it's a bad thing so I love I love it um but yeah, it's a, yeah, kind of how are you built, how are you, like, I love to open up the word and preach expositionally every, every Sunday, you mm-hmm. know, and like, um, and yeah, other things. So that's good. Um, so tell me, I don't know, what are some of the key ways you've seen God move in, in kids lives this last decade or even this last year? Like what's, yeah, you know.
1: I was when i was driving over here today i thought of a a guy that used to work with us that um he's no longer he's no longer employed with us but i remember we were doing ministry at metro and like well you know today kids all the all the stuff sexually is just crazy right so confusing we started doing ministry at metro and we were doing it oak hill jackson across we were doing a a city life ministry that's like an urban focused ministry it's, and it's folks around a neighborhood and we were going David was going into the school and and helping uh support the the staff kids started coming in and we would feed them and then we would you know we'd start discovering stories and start sharing Christ with them and this gal um Leslie came in and she was really angry and she was like she looked at David and she was like I want to be here but like Christians, she's like, Christians suck, right? And she was like, she goes, in fact, I imagine she goes, if you really knew who I was, she goes, you wouldn't like me either. And, and David's like, well, well, try me, right? And she says, well, what if I told you that I didn't know if I I was a, a guy or a gal, you know, what would you say? And he reached down, he grabbed a piece of pizza and he said, he said to her, I'd ask you if you want a piece of pizza. You know, mm. what a what a statement donovan the next week she brought 10 people with her wow and i thought must have been some good pizza
0: (laughs) yeah like
1: (laughs) but i i just think his he didn't respond right to what she thought would be appalling to him and that i just remember that was such a powerful story to me that um you make it about the soul of the person not about what they're dealing with you know and i just remember how powerful that story was and it impacted me and um the story that we shared today, this I was telling you before we came out on the air that this gal named Lily, uh, 17 years old, really struggling with just everything going on and being separated from people. and She went as far as to like, she straightened her room up and all these things to like prepare to take her own life, wrote her a letter, had different letters for her mom to share with all her family members to say goodbye. She went as far as to pick her own, um, what she would wear. And when she was getting ready to take her life, her mom walked by her room and she told her mom, mom, I need help. Right. And that that was like a little over a month ago um, that this happened. And Christ has already began to just redeem her story where she was sharing today how she just wants to tell people about the love of Christ because she knows there's other kids hurting. Um, I love stories like that. Hmm. They um, to see just the power of the gospel impact a life like that. Never gets old to me. Yeah, you know, I love that. Like, you hear these. We hear a lot of sad, sad, hurtful stories. Hmm. But, man, when Jesus gets a hold of them, that's even more powerful. Yeah. And it just. Yeah, I'll give you one more. Like this kid, um, he was sharing. <clears throat> this is and this is interesting. I, honestly, being in, um just groups with other men and stuff like that. I had just never seen this. I hadn't experienced this kind of transparency. I'm sure it's there, but this kid's 18 and he was sharing with us that he, this, this is what he said. He said, um, he said, guys, I need to talk with you about something. And he's got, so he's got his peers around him, these high school boys. And he says, Man, I am I am absolutely addicted to pornography and masturbation. And he starts to cry, and he goes, "Why, when I beg God, He won't release me and free me?" Hmm. And there was a kid sitting beside him named Dane, who's a ninth grader, and Dane. Uh, there was the first time him first time being there. He, this kid pulls his hat off, and he says, "I don't even know who you guys are." He said, and "He goes clearly, you've never seen me." But he was like my mom's an alcoholic and i don't even know who my dad is Hmm. and he goes for for some reason when he said what he said i just felt like i needed to tell you guys that and just the the power of james was going through my mind you know confess your sins one to another that you can be healed and i was like man just seeing that testimony start to set this kid free this kid dane right well four weeks ago dane professed christ he's getting baptized in two weeks Amen yeah not awesome and so even though these stories are raw it's man when the spirit of the lord there there's freedom hearing that that fires me up man
0: yeah well you know i was just preaching in isaiah 54 where it says sing o barren one for the children of the barren woman will be more than of who her who was married hmm. and uh the point there is there's a lot of points but one of them is that god's after these barren People, That's Mm. what he's after, Mm. you know, is, yeah, the stories are raw, and there's, um, uh, you know, a a lack of good fruit. Uh, But that's why, you know, Jesus is on a cross, right? He's not hanging there bloody because this Mm. is all a walk in the park. Like, he came to redeem the broken and... Mm. You know, the woman at the well, that was a rough story, you know? Yeah. These men she's been running through, and and he saves Pharisees as well, so praise God for that, you yeah. know, Nicodemus <laughs> and, and Paul. But they have their own, you know, it just takes a different form, mm-hmm. you know? But it's easier to see when it's your life is a mess, right? Yep. The, that's why the sinners and the tax collectors and the prostitutes enter the kingdom right before the uh, Levites and, or the Sadducees and Pharisees. So, yeah, it's raw, but that's what that's that's fertile soil mm-hmm. you know what do you, what do you think is the particular uh yeah i don't know what's the advantage of of meeting these youth you know like it's a targeted they're targeting youth mm-hmm. you guys are um why yeah called to it man okay so personally feel called. Yeah,
1: I do. And, and it's, it's, um, these kids remind me of my own transformation, hmm. like repeatedly. I think it keeps me humble. I really yeah. do. It keeps me grounded. Um, it reminds me from my Egypt that I was set free from, Yeah. you know, and yeah, I, I just, I don't ever want to lose that. Yeah. Um, cause you know, I had to have a Tim Clark in my life. And I want to be that Tim Clark for kids, you know. Yeah. So, I feel it's I feel it's a calling. I, I feel like I have to do it, you know. And I I say that with joy, right?
0: Right. Yeah. So compelled. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. I was. Yeah, I'm wondering if, you know, I hate to put it this way. It's like God can reach anyone at any age, but there seems to be something about these transformational years of, you know, teenage through college that really kind of wrestling with who am I and what, how do I fit into this world and how do I recover from, you know, trauma and things like that. And it's just mm-hmm. fertile ground for, for the gospel to come in there. So for someone to have that calling to enter that space, I think, is, is great. Yeah. Wonderful, you know. Um, that being said, you know, we'll preach the gospel to 50-year-olds too. But, yeah. <laughs> you know. There's, there's, yeah, there's a lot going on there that is uh, felt needs, a lot of felt needs. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, unfortunately, sometimes what can happen is you you kind of figure out life, you know, and by the time you're 40 or something, you're like, well, I know how to hold down a job, and, you know, and <clears throat> maybe you have less felt needs. That's not always the case, because there's a lot of stuff under there, right? Maybe trauma in the home and sin that's manifesting. Mm-hmm. But, and especially these, these kids, man, that you guys are reaching, there's a lot of... Um, yeah, just brokenness, and what are you seeing out there in terms of like um in the past in ten years, like what's changed in terms of what kids are wrestling with, and is it the same has it changed has it gotten certain things gotten harder yeah I, honestly, the last three or four
1: years the l g b t movement is really really impacting kids um Six out of ten would say, you know, now they're confused whether a guy or girl. And I mean, that you know, just four years ago, they were people were sensitive toward it, right? You need to include and everything. But now, it's almost like if kids aren't experiencing same-sex attraction or something, it's like something's wrong with them. Um, You're not normal right now if you're not doing that, and just that that hurt confusion. And and I want to, you know, I'm not selecting just like like you know, I'm not trying to just pinpoint like one sin but that one has so many different attachments to it you know uh yeah that kids are just really confused and you know we get kicked back from kids because they don't want to they don't want to separate with the guy's group and the girl's group they want their own group oh really interesting and what we have found is that um i guess we could be an encouragement is that when we have stood firm this is what you're gonna do because we love you enough to tell you that we haven't had a kid quit yet hmm it's almost like they need that modeling they need that boldness right so I think they see a lot of wavering in our world a lot of hypocrisy right and when they see something that's solid and you still love them we've had kids Don, Donovan tell us multiple times they hate us not coming back they come back the next week and I always bring friends so they know they're seeing something sure. different and we're just trying to hold you know like Hebrews 10 we're trying to hold tightly to that right and um yeah, and we want to be bold and brave with these kids so they see this, you
0: know, the, the steadiness of Christ. Yeah, that's really great. So literally, what do you... I mean, have you had the situation where it's literally... So you go into small groups, boys and girls, and then there's a a male who's saying he's a girl, and he wants to go. Yep. And, and that's when you say, no, you need to go over yeah, here? You're going to go over here. Wow. I mean, I, I agree with... Your decision is just, I mean, but I see the challenge and why, you know, it's a, it's a risky move in the sense that, um, you know, in today's culture, it's going to bring hate and and all that. Oh. But you guys haven't, you haven't experienced any. Have you experienced any of rub on that issue from the schools? Not yet. Okay. I say
1: not yet because I imagine you never know. Imagine, yeah, and only God knows, but. I just, I really, I really feel like a lot of times in my quiet time with God is that when I study, I I feel like he's a lot of times he's, it's like, he's preparing my heart to be prepared to be bold, right? Be bold and be brave. And I I want to obey him and do that. And we we've been talking about that as a staff, um, not being afraid and not wavering, you know, and we don't, we're not mean to these kids we just we believe we know the truth and that by
0: standing firm that the truth will yeah bear itself out we just have to get through some of the and you're loving them we love them which is what's compelling also they're like why do they come back like uh a lot of them maybe no one's asking them how they're doing yeah yeah no one's taking interest in their lives and looking them in the eye and yeah. treating them like humans like you know, yeah, not talking about it doesn't make it go away, right,
1: like when it comes up, you just step into it and you you tell them the truth, and like we clearly see what's going on in society, and you know you always wonder when you you know you step out and you tell a kid, "Hey, this is the truth, what's the
0: repercussions, but yeah. Man, you know, you read about Paul, you just have to do it. <laughs> so Well, you know, as far as the schools go, as long as God wants you guys in there, he you know, he turns the hearts of kings and know yep. When we went to uh years ago when we went mobile and we were kind of hopping around town looking for a space, we went to Kennedy High School and um the principal then, vice principal he wasn't receptive. You know, we basically sat down and said, "Can we do church here every Sunday?" And mm-hmm. he was like, "Oh, he was really hemming and hawing about it, and not really into it." And and here's the thing: the schools don't get any money. So when we pay rent to Kennedy, we pay rent to the district. Mm-hmm. The district gets the money, and the janitor gets the money, right? Because he's got to come in and open, so he gets money. The point is that that the school itself gets no money. They have zero motivation. It's not like he's gonna be like, "Oh, cool, we can get forty k a year." And like, mm-hmm. so that's gone. If anything, it's just a nuisance to him. Oh, you're gonna be in here, and and, uh, and so it was really like it was like a done deal. It wasn't gonna happen, and so we're about to leave, and he literally just suddenly goes, "You know what? Let's go talk to the janitor." And we're like, "Okay," and like, open the door. And I just really felt like that was God just turning. He was like, "No, this is where you're gonna be," and I open doors and close them, hmm. and that's what we see, right? God gave Joseph favor with Pharaoh right? And then and then it ended. Nope. <laughs> right? So mm-hmm. it can end. But the point is it's up to the Lord. So as long as he wants you guys in there, you know, no matter how radical you are, like you'll be you'll have access. And then when when that door closes, it's it's the Lord closing the door and we'll figure out what's next, right? Yeah. So uh but thankfully that doesn't seem to be the case. Any in- indication on when you may be able to have access in the schools? Perhaps perhaps May? Oh okay. So um And if the neat
1: thing is, is regardless this around the table ministry launches in May and um, which just want to make a plug for a prayer request. We meet with a, we meet with an organization that potentially might give us $52,000 a year for three years, a grant to help move that ministry forward. And Erica is going to be meeting with them next week. So appreciate y'all's prayers on that. That's great.
0: So pray for that. And we'll state the, maybe state the obvious here, but, so churches all ministries are dependent on you know generosity churches have a built-in base where your members at least you should be supporting your church because it's your church and uh you know by ever to whatever extent you you are able and you feel like god's calling you to but the point is the church has its own built-in base that supports the ministry right the members pay for their pastors pay for their facilities pay for their ministries uh youth for christ is not like that Mm -hmm. you are constantly dependent on funding from outside the kids don't have money right you know and so you have staff and facilities and ministry needs and so part of what you do and others do is there's is fundraise right so we'll just be real explicit about that if you would like to support the ministry of youth for christ you can go to their website Mm -hmm. which is heartlandyfc.org and there'll be a link somewhere that says give and one time gifts recurring gifts more than welcome if you have ideas for other big ways like grants and connections like that this is how this ministry functions it's how they're going to feed these kids it's how they're going to hire staff to go spend time with these kids and Mm -hmm. disciple them and preach the gospel to them how can people learn more about youth request so obviously they have a website so you can yep. tinker around there heartland youth for heartland org. yep come or we're at our office
1: we've there's always a staff person there um email us reach out love to have coffee with people All Right, so personally right. get to know personally get to know and um kind of an, um something that i would say even with the partnership with redeemer is that we you know I know, I know we've shared some of this story, Donovan, but like 66 years of like wandering, right? And the church being generous to us. Just this month alone, as word begins to spread about the partnership, um, a lot of very high capacity donors have said um, they've needed this for a long time. And they even said out of their own mouth, they see us different they often wondered when they would write a check. Could we be gone in six months and having the church too. And so I just think that's awesome too, because even with talking with some of our partners, it's like when, when we're being helped, like if they help you guys with what's going on, they're indirectly helping us too, because we're going to share this building, you know? And so it's like, it's like two ministries coming together and with one purpose and, um, Obviously two different missions, but working together and I don't know like it's, it's, I feel like it's starting to take root and yeah. people are getting excited.
0: Yeah. And so I'm, I'm sure on Redeemer's end, maybe some people are like, well, what is that going to look like? And some of it is, we'll see. Uh, but this is part of this is why I brought Mark on here, right? This isn't an accident that want to be, give us opportunity to begin to peek into what's happening there and, and start to imagine what it looks like. And uh, we've had a couple people attend some of your trainings. Yeah. Right. Right. And uh, so there's opportunities there. So there's another way if, I mean, you're always looking for people that want to reach kids, oh. right? So if you feel called in that way, you know, to, to volunteer or, um, you know, I'm sure Mark would entertain that conversation. Yes. Yes. Um, Oh, I had one more thing. I forget. Oh, and then, well, you just today had a, an event called see the story and I've shared a little bit about that with, with people. Um, we'll, we'll plug those when they happen, but what what is that yeah see the
1: story is a monthly luncheon that we do where we will highlight a staff a volunteer or a board member and a student story and just we want people to see kind of behind the veil of what we're seeing and some stories are the where where we're at in the story we're like just in the beginning chapters where they're still angry or right still hurting and other chapters where Jesus is, um, drew him to himself and you're starting to see that transformation. And some we just got to know their name and we just want people to come in and see what we're seeing. And uh, it's, it's incredible, like the first one we had after the Doricho, I would have never thought that God was gonna put on that man's heart to give that check. Hmm. But what I have found doing this for 10 years is if you could just get the story in front of God's people God will tell them what to do yeah. that's so powerful
0: yeah yeah that's good <clears throat> um, yeah Mark also has a, a board mm-hmm. that works with them. we call them board of yeah, they're, elders or yeah there's are just uh, the board they're, <laughs> they're the board members <laughs> they're the boss <laughs> yeah so it's a it's a group of business men and women and Christians from local churches that help help guide the vision hold the ministry accountable and that kind of thing so I just want to throw that out there. You can hear about all these checks coming. I want you to think Mark's just like gobbling up checks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no. it's, it's an over, overseen ministry that just like, uh, Lord willing, most healthy churches are. So, um, That's good. Uh, well, so today is Tuesday, the something. Ninth. The ninth. So next Monday, less than a week from now, we are scheduled to close on the land. So we had signed a purchase agreement. And now we're gonna close. They're gonna divide that. I did talk with Dave. They're gonna divide that property. We're gonna get a new. So apparently we have to divide before we can unite. Gotcha. So you got to do that first, right? And then gotcha. we'll then we'll be united. Um, so, but that's a that's a, a big milestone. So excited for that. Yeah. And uh, we have uh, agreed with uh, uh, contracted with Premise Construction to design and build this thing. And so they're off to the races on that thing. Doing first couple months are pretty behind the scenes silent they're talking to the city they're talking with us about you know some key design issues and they're talking to contractors uh subs and things like that but lord willing end of april beginning of may we'll start to see some some groundwork over there so awesome and uh, who knows maybe be in by by the end of the year or, sh- or around then so we'll see it could go faster it could go slower could trust the lord with that timing but it's kind of one of those, this this is really exciting, but it takes a long time. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want to wait, you know, say, hey, someday when that happens, then we can join you for Christ on mission. That's why I'm doing things like this to help us um, start to get to know them and, and seek opportunities and, and uh, so that by the time we we launch, you know, there's a good deal of familiarity already. And so yep. we'll try to seek different ways to do that. We're going to have a celebration with our boards, yep. you know, to celebrate the land uh, purchase and all that so it's good just some updates there so Mark any other final thoughts encouragements rebukes <laughs> no just um,
1: I'm just this whole thing is still really surreal to me and just God's sovereignty and faithfulness um, this is an answer prayer to partner with a church like this and I I really believe as time progresses um, it's just it's going to be even more important because I I think people are I think we see people walking away from the faith a lot and we're just excited about this partnership really.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Well, God's not subject to, uh, you know, the times and the ages, like he, he could bring revival at any moment, any city in any country. I know the stats say otherwise, but yeah, if the stats say that it's barren, excellent. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's, that's where God works. So, Awesome, Mark. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time. And uh, yeah, reach out and get to know Youth for Christ or talk to me if you have any encouragements, questions. All right. Have a good day.